Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 769, January 12th, 2022. We had a record high of 48 degrees on this day. That was in 1987. It was 31 below in 1912. And in the year 2000, on this day, today, today we had nine inches of snow. Oh, Ooh, boy. boy. Yeah. Wow. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. This is an unusually exciting show. We actually have people <laughs> in the green room. Yes. Uh, the Reverend Tim, uh, accompanied by Hennepin County Sheriff candidate Jai Hansen. And uh, we're going to get to those two. It's a guest intensive program today. But first, sir. we're going to be joined by Kendall Qualls. We are awaiting his call, yes. Uh, and uh, I think that uh, we're going to learn a lot talking to both Kendall and Jai Hansen. I think there's a refreshing movement afoot to. Uh, Rain in criminal conduct. Well, you guys were just talking about the third rail before we started recording the show. Yeah. And that's exactly what needs to happen. We need a shake-up here, Joe. Well, I'm going to do that right now, Kenny. Are you? Kenny yeah. pointed it out to me. <laughs> it just cracked me This is unbelievable. Earlier. Clashes yeah. over COVID-related restrictions at the Minnesota Capitol have already begun weeks before the start of the legislative session. Legislative leaders are navigating a new standard which took effect Monday that requires employees to be fully vaccinated or wear a face covering and get tested weekly. However, the requirement does not apply to senators and representatives. Oh, oh that's different. <laughs> Why in God's name wouldn't it? That is the most glaring example of the third rail I've seen in a long time. Isn't Boy. that amazing? <laughs> it's just, I couldn't stop laughing. It should make, I should be angry, but it's just so ridiculous. Might I make a suggestion? You remember how you started to keep track of the, the climate change nonsense on your bulletin board out here? Yeah. We need to start doing that with this. Oh, COVID? The, the first instance was Nancy Pelosi getting her hair done in California. Oh, the list would be so long, Chris. Oh, The Federal Occupational Safety and Health Administration issued the vaccine or test rule in November for private employers and more than 100 workers. The State Department of Labor and Industry extended it to public employers, although the uh, enforcement will not start until Feb 9, because you can't get it between now and Feb 9. You, you can't uh, you can't catch anything. We have our friend Kendall Qualls joining us. Hello, Kendall. Hi, Joe. How are you? Oh, I'm so glad you're running, sir. Your victory is imperative. Uh, I, I don't know what we can do for you. In fact, I'm very nervous, Kendall, if you even want to be associated with us, because everybody we've uh, we've championed has lost. <laughs> well... Well, you know what? You did a good predictor uh, last year about me uh, running. I just, you're almost like the old Johnny Carson to get, right. you know, with the envelopes. Right. So you, you might need to bring out the envelopes with, with a better uh, forecast for uh, this time next year. Are you prepared for the travails you'll face? Uh, in other words, how will the left, we already have hints of it, but how will the opposition react to a self-made black man, war veteran, family man, intact nuclear family with kids? How are they self-made? How are they going to react to that? 
well, they'll find something. And, you know, even though, even though um, you know, I voted for President Trump, they'll find something um, aligned with that or, or, or whatever they want, what they call Larry Elder. But he, here's what I can tell you. They're definitely not going to run on their record. Right. Def- no. uh, one, I had a reporter ask me, he said, uh, you know, Kendall, they, uh, they're going to have millions and millions of dollars to run. I said, great, they're going to need them. Mm-hmm. Because here's what's happened. Minnesota was ground zero for all the rioting, looting, and defunding the police initiatives that spread across the country. And in the center of it all is Ilhan Omar, Keith Ellison, uh, and our and our governor, Tim Waltz, uh, and his weak leadership that allowed that to happen. And in and, and this place, in two years, they've been pushing anti-American CRT in schools, all the while record crime. Mm-hmm. And I, I tell people... That's going to change day one when Minnesotans elect me as governor, and uh, day one. And so they can come at me with everything they, they have, everything they want. But at the end of the day, I'm going to remind people this is not even a political issue. Security and safety of homes and communities is, is number one issue for the elected officials, and I'm going to make sure that happens. Will you clarify for us your position on Trump? You've, you've, you said you voted for him, but— I, are you part of the gang that still adheres to the election being a false result? Well, you know, you know what? At the end of the day, um, we, we had some we had some irregularities that have happened that was unprecedented. It was the first time and first time in American history we have a president that actually got more votes than uh, he did in this in his first election that actually lost. So we definitely had irregularities. I'm, I've never been on record to say that uh, the, the, the election was stolen. But here's, a, here's the thing I want to make sure that people understand. There is nothing wrong with Republicans challenging and asking about the election, not, and not just because of, you know, Democrats have done it all along, if you ever heard of Stacey Abrams. Mm-hmm. But we have on record in this state, after an audit was done, that we've had a Senate seat that was lost, from an election that went awry. Norm Coleman should have been elected as, as senator, even even after the uh, forensic evidence was done at, at the end, that the elect, that election should have gone to Norm Coleman, not Al Franken. And because of that election, we had Obamacare. Do uh, you so, accept that President Biden is your president? I, I do. Good. I, okay. I That's what I wanted to clarify. Yeah, I, you know what? But again, the, the issue around this is, um, I bet right now, sixty percent of the people wish he wasn't, based on current polling. Yeah, but I think it's important to establish that that you, given your sense of patriotism and uh, loyalty to this country, you're not one of these people running around saying Biden is not the president. No, and you know what? I've never said that publicly or privately or right. otherwise. Right. I conceded my election at the time, and if, if anything, it's, it's time for us to take a look at how do we win not only the, the, um, the president again, win the White House again, but how do we fix local issues with our governor in the state where what we see right now is a record number of people leaving the state they love, not just because of the crime issue, but we have a governor that that enforces one of the highest tax burdens in the country mm-hmm. on private on the business community, private citizens, and even retirees by by uh, taxing their, their social security benefits. Yeah, and, you know, 
things are so dire, uh, Joe, that, uh, you know, we don't need a career politician tinkering around the edges on this thing. We, we need a change, a leader from the private sector with private sector solutions. Absolutely. Kendall, one of the things that I've been, uh, boy, really dwelling on here mostly uh, this month in January is, of course, the January 6th thing that happened in 2021. Pretty awful, and uh, I, I don't disagree that it's bad. And there's been a lot of focus uh, on that on the national level. But what the Democratic Party and, and everybody on the left is ignoring is the unbelievable rioting and violence we saw, like you said, that started right in Minneapolis and how uh, the Democratic side just completely ignores that as being insignificant. Uh, and it was horrible here, as you know. And I'd like to at, at least see or I'd like to hear your opinion on that. And then maybe in the future, as you say, when you go on the offense, like you've promised, to bring that up. Well, I will bring it up. But here, here's what we have. Um, the Democratic Party, and this gets back to Joe's point, they're not going to talk about their record, their issues, and how would there be a better Minnesota because of it? Right. They're going to lambast me. They're going to find, you know, make up stuff that they've, you know, they've, you know, have a record of doing. Yeah. Um, they're not going to run the record. And, and in fact, it's been so bad here lately that when you think about all the things that have been going on and they're pushing against Americans, Americans are getting exhausted, really getting exhausted, being bullied. And this goes back to your point earlier. It's that, you know, they ignore all the negative things. I mean, the tearing down the monuments, the, the burning down the cities, and, and saying it's okay to do that because it's insured. Well, it's not okay. Oh, no. But no. what we see, we have a party willing to do anything to stay in power. For example, they're willing to, to abolish 233 years of the Electoral College, 180 years of, of the filibuster. Right. They want to pack 150 years of, of the Supreme Court. They want to pack the Supreme Court. They're willing to do anything to stay in power, even if it, it, it attacks the character of a person and, and breaks them down or, or do anything to disparage them or their family. That's what they're willing to do to stay in power, not talk about their issues. It's about, it's about fear, frighten. Uh, they want to make sure that uh, they stay in power so much that it's all about dictate, mandate, and regulate people's lives. <laughs> Does your, what does your candidacy mean to your uh, group Take Charge Minnesota? That That's going to remain viable, isn't it? Yep, it's going to remain viable. It's going to remain strong. In fact, we're, uh, there are um, other cities and uh, other locations that want to take, uh, uh, handle, uh, you know, have uh, Take Charge chapters. So that's that's being handled by another uh, leadership team, and, and it's in uh, good hands. What would you have done differently than Walls uh, on COVID, which is a terribly complicated issue and a terribly complicated question, but I, I would imagine you have different views as how you would have approached it. Well, number one, I, I believe that um, the best decisions are made locally. Um, our policy should not mirror California's or New York's. Mm -hmm. and, and when you look at the, um, the outcomes, the, the, the death uh, uh rates as what relates to long-term care, you'll see it's very similar to New York's because those policies were followed very similar to New York. And, and, and so, Joe, it is, it is very easy for, for us to handle these things at the local level. With our, We have medical experts from, from the Mayo, that can, uh, epidemiologists, infectious disease specialists, 
biologists that can actually give us a good outcome data so we can make good decisions. <clears throat> Our decisions were actually pr- probably handed down to Governor Waltz from the, you know, the Democratic Party because everything was done in, in, similar in, in other states. Kendall, I'm glad you mentioned that because earlier today, Joe and I were discussing this. I have two young kids that are in elementary school, and we received an email from the school district talking about plans of possibly going to distance learning. And I don't think government understands the hardship that they put on families, working families, when it comes to young kids and distance learning. And the idea that we are in some way as a, as a society and as a nation are going to be able to escape this virus. I think that there's too many people that don't understand it's going to be here forever. Yes, we can take precautions. Yes, we can get vaccinations. And that's great. And we encourage people to do that. But this idea that we are going to find a way to escape this is utter nonsense. Yeah. Well, I, I've moved beyond the idea that, uh, that they think is, we're going to save and they're doing it for other reasons. Like, what do you think? Explain. First, first of all, this, I mean, this is the teachers union. You have a Democratic, for example, in Chicago, you have a Democratic mayor trying to get the teachers unions to get back to work. Um, just like the teachers union and what we're seeing in our state, they're, they're driving this critical race theory, but they, you know, again, they changed the name to saying they're not teaching it, but they are, they have an agenda that's, that goes against what we believe here in a country as American citizens, the, uh, the U S constitution, everything that every, uh, we all believe as far as the country was founded on, they can care less. They're, they're driving their agenda from the teachers union. Um, and I'm, and unfortunately, even they got off the leash of the Democratic Party, and they're 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 even you know running their their own agenda in democratically held um, cities and districts. What do you like think? What do you think? Critical race theory advocates hope to bring about what what is their end game? Yeah, that, that's that's really for for them to to, to, um, to explain because because at the end of the day, it is not about r- racial reconciliation at all. It, it is very divisive. Um, it, it is it undermines the very core idea of America, and that and and it basically says that the promise of America for everyone is a lie. Well, it undermines the very fact of all of us trying to get along together. Exactly, and and so I can't tell you. I you know I don't want to speculate. I, I can only think of the worst, but I do know it's not consistent of who we are as Americans, and not consistent with our values, nor is it consistent with the Constitution. And unfortunately, a lot of Americans have, you know, good hearts, they, they good intentions, and they believe what they hear. What well, it's a way for us to, you know, make sure we talk about diversity. Well, look, well, the America that I grew up in, without critical race theory, well, my grandparents and parents would have loved to have grown up in. We've come a long way since then. The issues of disparity that we have in this country are not about race. They're about two-parent family disparities, yeah. and they, they don't even want to talk about those things. In fact, you know, strengthening the family, family unit is not even on the list of things that should be considered when you look at the solutions from the critical race theory proponents. Well, I've always said to the left that, that black people should rise up and say to the left, quit doing us a favor. <laughs> well, you know what? We had Jason Riley in. I think you guys know that. He, he actually had a book that said, you know, please stop helping us. Yep. Yep. I'm published. I'm publishing an op-ed that will be coming out next next week on Martin Luther King holiday. And it's, again, it's thousand, look, we were better off then, the day he was killed. Mm-hmm. Black families were stronger then than they are now. Yes. Oh, wow. With the civil rights barrier, with all the barriers that have come down, 
why is it that things have gotten worse in the black community? There, there's going to be a reckoning there, and yeah. I hope I hope my uh, op-ed and the work that I've been doing will help bring a reckoning where we start having a, a strong awareness and get that turned around culturally. Well, we're rooting for you, sir. Yeah, let me just reiterate. Um, I, I loved your announcement, Kendall, when you said we're not going to go on the defense. We're going to go on offense, offense, offense. And I, I just love that attitude. And I'm hoping every time they try to nail you with some of this nonsense that you turn around, go on the offense, and make them try to defend their themselves. And, and that's that's a wonderful attitude. And as long as you go on offense and don't have Kirk Cousins as your quarterback, I think you're going to be fine. <laughs> well, that's good. Well, guys, listen. I, w- I want to leave it at this. You know what? Um, what? What I want to do? We're going to we're going to win the delegates. We're going to win the support of the delegates, and we're going to win the general election. Is and because the, the emphasis is going to be: look, we're not going to be the generation that lost the America that we know and we love. We're going to be the generation that saved it, restored it, and passed it on to the next generation. We have to do it, or we're going to lose it forever. Do you do you have hopes of uh, garnering the support? You, you entered a very crowded field, and there are some strong candidates in that field. Do you hope to garner their support? Yeah, so you know, I want to get their support, and you know, we we have a you know we we have a group of uh, good they're good people. I know them, and we we tease them, make fun. You know, but we, we have three elected officials, and you know, um, you know, actually four elected officials. Um, Three senators and mayor, and uh, you know we have a you know, someone outside of uh, politics and myself. And I tell you, the story of my life is a living case study that the promise of America works. And I'm going to make sure that gets out there uh, into more than I, I can. It works regardless of race or, or social standing. And I tell people, look, you know, it's really not a crowded field. I mean, a lot of the guys are really the same. You know, it's like it's you have Coke. Diet Coke, Cherry Coke, and I'm not going to try to explain which who's who's one or the other. Right. But with my candidate, it's something different. It's, it's it's really a bold taste of freedom, and I mean that. I mean, we we need something from outside politics to bring back what it means to be American again. Well, we hope to be talking to you frequently. All right. Thanks. Best of thanks, luck, Scott. sir. You bet. Bye. Thanks, Thank you. Wow. That's a garage logic candidate. Yes, I can't ask for anymore. Go get them. Yep. I thought it was important to clarify. I think it brings a certain amount of peace mm-hmm. to the war uh, to have uh, Kendall say, yes, I voted for uh, Donald Trump because he'll be attacked for that. But to then also say, but Joe Biden is my president. He's the president of the United yeah, States. Yeah, it was important to establish That's important that. to yeah. us. He's not. <clears throat> this isn't Marjorie Taylor Greene here. This isn't Matt Getz. This is a uh, an American citizen who happens to love the country, and even that will be contested. Uh, it's very popular now to not love this country by a certain faction of the political world, and he does love the country. And he loves all parts of Minnesota. You're not going to hear any rocks and cows nonsense out of him belittling outstate Minnesota or greater Minnesota. It's not going to happen. It's so exciting to think that someone of that character has an interest in running, has an interest in doing this. Yes. And I'm not suggesting the other candidates are not people of character. They are. But it's refreshing. Kendall Qualls has captured uh, in one sentence. Uh, something that's just awfully meaningful, and that is, 
I love this country. This country works. We have to get over the idea that it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Of course it does. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I'll tell you what else works. He's Well, wait a minute. He is the epitome of the American dream. The yes. American dream is still live and alive and well and attainable by anybody. And so are Bintelli e-bikes. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. At EcoFun Motorsports. You know what? I've told them, continue the Christmas sale. And they are, right through January. Joe makes what, the rules. What, are you on the board of directors yeah, or something? $200 off all Bintelli e-bikes and Yamaha Power Assist bikes for GLers. Buy now. They'll store it until spring at EcoFun. Due to the supply and shipping issues, uh, I don't want. I wouldn't want to bet what an electric bike might might cost in May. Uh, Bentelli scooters starting at twelve ninety nine. Those are the scooters that turn every urban errand into an adventure. And yes, free winter storage for those. So you go out, you secure the deal now. They take care of it. You don't worry about it till you pick it up in the spring. And uh, great line of Yamaha equipment. Great youth recreational equipment. Great service department. Great Yamaha line of clothing and caps. It's all available at EcoFun Motorsports on Highway 61. Where else? On Highway 61 in downtown Forest Lake. Truth, justice, and the Souchere. Well, directly from the green room. <laughs> we have uh, Hennepin County Sheriff Candidate Jai Hansen. And uh, Jai, you apparently have people because you're accompanied by the Reverend Tim. And uh, all I can say right off the start, Jai, if you're good enough for the Reverend, uh, we don't have much to talk about. Wait, wait, wait. We need to establish something. Minnesota Vikings (laughs) or Green Bay Packers? He's wearing all his Green Bay stuff. Now, Rev is. I'm I'm a Viking guy. Okay. That's one thing we don't agree on. (laughs) Okay, good. (laughs) But but I'll tell you this. I heard you say to Kendall that uh, the – candidates that you have championed for don't have the best winning track record. Right. So I almost yeah. walked out of the green. I was yeah. wondering if you heard that and we're going to get up and get that. out of here. We wouldn't blame you. <laughs> Let's change that for 2022. Yes. Nice. Jai, you were born in India. I was born. That's uh, that's where I got the name Jai, J-A-I. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I was two years old, I was adopted by a family in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. And that's where I got the good Norwegian last name of Hansen. Right. <laughs> uh, and you are a police officer. I am. I've been a police officer for 15 years. And, uh, in Lakeville and Bloomington? Yep. Uh, Lakeville and Bloomington. Um, got my master's in public safety administration from the University of St. Thomas. Mm-hmm. And I, I never wanted to run for office. This isn't something that uh, was on my radar, but... You know, after what happened in uh, in 2020 with George Floyd, right? I just knew the bar was set so low, in, mm. in uh, yeah. you know on both sides of of you know community and public safety. In what sense do you mean that? Well, f- I, I'm I'm a huge advocate that we can acknowledge the past and the history of the judicial system, mm-hmm. right? Or in the public safety right. and. Uh, in not being fair to certain people. However, we need to hold people accountable. Right. And we're not doing that no, right now. we're letting now. too many people right back out on the street. And, you know, they they had a story today, the, the guy that drove through one of the fire stations right. in Minneapolis. Right, we covered that yesterday. Yeah, yeah. so it, it was one of those that uh, out, no bail. And for the first time, they're highlighting judges, mm-hmm. and I'm so happy to see that. Yeah, that judge is Regina Chu, and she's a threat to public safety in my estimation. 
her and many others. Yeah. And and we need to have a vocal leader. That's why I'm running for sheriff. Mm-hmm. I think the sheriff that we have now is mm-hmm. is absent for for a number of reasons. Right. But I think uh, after what happened to George Floyd, you don't let a community burn. Right. Look at what happened to Chicago. I, I went to college in Chicago, mm-hmm. and I saw firsthand that community and what happened there and the crime rate. And that's where I switched to, I wanted to be a police officer Mm -hmm. to be involved with that, uh, to be a a part of the solution. And, uh, you don't just let a community burn. It's going to continue to have, you know, yeah. once the precedent's been set, exactly. You know, once the precinct, third precinct, once that burned in Minneapolis, we haven't had that before in our, in the history of our country. And then after it happened here, it happened in Portland. It happened in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And one thing I'm frustrated with, why is that building still standing? Mm-hmm. We have you know, barbed wire. We have uh, barricades around it. It's a trophy right now for the people that did it. When you have AutoZone that's rebuilt, you have Target that's rebuilt, and you have people that live in that community that have to drive by that, walk by that every single day and see that boarded up. Mm-hmm. That building needs to be taken down. Oh, boy. What a great point. I never thought of that. When you think about the trauma, think about the trauma of these people. This is why I'm running. I had I had a guy reach out to me, and I'm an independent, and, I, and I'm adamant about being an independent. I have Republicans and Democrats on my team, and I'm Good. very proud of that. Good. So, so when, I have, when I have both sides, I had a, a guy reach out to me, and he sat down with me, and he said, He's a 60-year-old guy. He goes, I just want to let you know I'm a Democrat. And I go, okay, good. And then he's talking, and I go, why did you reach out to me? Why do you want to help me? And he goes, when I was eight years old, I had a, my family had a store on the north side, and somebody came in there and shot my dad and killed my dad when I was eight. You want to talk about the trauma Mm -hmm. 50-something years, 53 years later, he still has the trauma. This Mm -hmm. is why I'm running. The trauma that we're having right Mm -hmm. now in our communities Mm -hmm. will have lasting effects. Do you have a family? I, well, I'm I I do have a family. I'm the youngest of six, right? But I, I don't have any kids, and okay. uh, and uh, I have a girlfriend that's very supportive. Mm-hmm. And uh, if it wasn't for her saying yes to this, I wouldn't be running. She holds the keys to all this. She's so. the boss. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so you were uh, tell us about your adopt. You were adopted uh, and became. Were all the kids in your family adopted? Uh, no. So uh, I'm the youngest of six. I have one brother that's one years one year older than I am. Uh, he was adopted. Uh, he's African American. Mm-hmm. I'm from East, you know, East Indian, and uh, he uh, works with the FBI right now, and he's assigned in Dallas. Oh, cool! And your dad was on the Supreme Court, right? He was. Yeah, he was uh, on the Supreme Court for Minnesota Supreme Minnesota Court, Supreme Court for about ten years, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's still with us. He is. He he's uh, he still lives in the cities here and. Still active, uh, retired as an attorney, but uh, doing some other stuff. How did you uh, hook up with uh, Reverend Tim Christopher? Well, before I ran, I think I talked to uh, Reverend probably a year ago. Yeah, and we we're, were talking, and and uh, just I wanted to know his his uh, vision for the community and what he was about. And when I when I started seeing that he was holding people on both sides accountable, mm-hmm. I really liked that. We we need to. This is this is a nonpartisan office, and the only way we're going to fix this is to be nonpartisan. And I'm not going to get marching orders from either party. Jai, we actually say things on this show that that uh, Christopher disagrees with. 
<laughs> that's, hard, that's hard to believe. Hard to and then we hear about it. I shared this with both of you guys as I walked you down here from the front door, but one of the things that I truly love about both of you, um, you not only talk the talk, you walk the walk. And that's evident with both of your Twitter accounts that I follow both of you guys. But I loved I loved it, Jai, that you were out in North Minneapolis on a Saturday night slash Sunday morning saying, this can't happen. I mean, oh, yeah. that, that, that's the kind of thing I love because you're not just going to hide behind an ideology. You're actually going to be out there doing something about yeah, it. Yeah, and we were just talking about it earlier today, me and the Rev, about uh, this is something normal for me. I worked overnights. I was a patrol, patrol officer uh, for a long time, and uh, that's normal to be out at night where things are going on. And I told him, I go, the, the frustrating part about running for office now is I don't get credit for that unless I have a camera with me. Right. Yeah, well, good point. But yeah. so people are like, you know, I, I'm happy you're doing that. Well, yeah, I, I've been doing that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like he doesn't have a camera with him because therefore that way you're doing it from the bottom of your heart, mm-hmm. not because, you know, like uh, uh, Walls, when he comes down to the black community, he makes sure cameras with him so he can act like he's doing something. <laughs> right. So yeah. that, that that's what I like about Jai. When I started reading up on him and, and talking to him and, and we had did uh, uh uh, another thing together for someone uh, is another reason why how how we met and we just started talking you know mm-hmm. and even though I, I do get on the police sometime and I talk about police reform and things like that people think that you know I'm against the police no 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 I'm one of those people who says point blank no ifs ands or buts no no we're not defunding the police right we're not getting rid of the police we need the police what we need to do is get the police and the community Back together again, and that's something that that we're going to be working on, and and I'm hoping this one right here is going to be in office so we can get this done because I I, I just can't see it being done with anybody else. I, I I've reached out to law enforcement and asked them what can we do to to get the community involved in everything that's going on here, and we can make a difference. I don't hear anything bad. I, I, I smile when the reverend talks about that, you know, he wants reform and kind of bashing police or whatever, because I, I like what he has to say. We need reform. I'm all for reform. Nobody likes a bad cop more than a good cop. And that's that is true. And I'm glad you said that, because my, my father is retired LEL Rice County. And that's the one thing I said, basically, from the onset of what happened with George Floyd is. No one hates bad cops more than good cops. No, right. no one. Right. Absolutely yeah, no one. And we believe need reform. That. Yeah. I just don't want knee-jerk reform. I want reform right. that we can actually get done that will help people. Are we in agreement that public safety is threatened by the uh, bail reform movement, by judges turning people back out onto the street, and many of these criminals and carjackers are repeat offenders? Are we? Is that a fair statement? That's a fair statement. That is, yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, what? Now, see, I agree with you, Joe. <laughs> I know you did. And I marked that down. I marked that down. I want to make sure you mark that down. But is it? Sheriff, yeah, reality, what can you do? Yeah, exactly. In reality, uh, say you win the uh, race and you become Hennepin County Sheriff, how much impact can you actually have on that problem? Well, this is where we're going to need a vocal leader, mm-hmm. right? So when we have uh, public safety, when we have law enforcement getting attacked and saying they're not doing their jobs or they're um, we're short or or whatever, whatever uh, thing they're pushing at that time, uh, that's where uh, a vocal sheriff... When I if I if I'm elected, I'm having a press conference, 
and uh, the judiciary is not holding people accountable, bail reform, things of this. We're going to we're gonna be doing press conference and saying, hey, you, you're angry about this. You're sick of people, uh, the revolving door of the mm-hmm. system. Here's the emails and the contact information of the county commissioners, the judges, whoever we need Good. to address that. Good. And, and also the vocal leader at the Capitol, right? We need to have somebody there uh, um, that will be champion uh, champion for the police and public safety. I think his name is Kendall Qualls. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I like Kendall, but I, I think we had we had a public safety hearing a couple months ago, uh, and we had two two sheriffs there, uh, Ramsey County and Chisago County, right. talking about the crime in Hennepin County, and the Hennepin County Sheriff is not there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah There's an brought, issue with that. What are your thoughts on, on Dave Hutchinson? Uh, I... The, I, I'm not running because I have a, a, anything personal against him. I'm running because I've seen my community that I grew up in struggling. And uh, when I, before I announced, I called him. And I said, "Look, this isn't this isn't a personal right. thing. This is something that we just have a different philosophy. When you are tied with a political party in a nonpartisan office, there's concerns there. And I know I'm leaving money on the table by not going." with an endorsement or seeking an endorsement. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, our team needs to be able to look in the mirror and be proud of the campaign we ran. Are you on the ballot this November, this coming November? This November. November. All right. But but let's also be real when you talk about Hutchison. All of this stuff that's going on right now was under his watch. Under his watch. And, and, And we can't sit here and say there was nothing he could do. It's the same thing just like I talk about the Republicans when I sit there and say, you know, oh, now they come out. Now they're saying something. They should have been saying something a long time ago. Well, Hutchison should have been saying something a long time ago. And this is the point that I keep trying to make. When you have someone, and that's why I'm glad he's independent, but, you know, now the the, the DFL is going to bring somebody in who's unqualified and They've got to they got to march to their beat of their jump, just like what Hutchison did. Hutchison was lockstep with the DFL, and look at what they were where we're at right now. I mean, it, we're in a bad place. I, we're in a bad place. I'm not going to beat around the bush about that, right? Mm-hmm. We we're in a bad place. So at the end of the day, uh, whomever is sitting in that seat has to start answering to the public. He did not answer. To the bu- even when he got in the accident, mm-hmm. he yeah. still didn't answer to the public. Well, it was somebody right? else was driving. It's a, well, you got a point. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right, Reverend. Um, and him talking to the public ended the day after he was elected. That's right. He, he was just fine before the election and made a, a lot of promises. Some of them he didn't keep. And then after the election, uh, the the dialogue stopped. It just stopped. He had to do what the DFL told him to do. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, let's be real about that. I sense two things, Jai. Uh, I sense your independency would be fairly novel in that position and that you would have a chance to, uh, it sounds to me like you would almost reinvent the position. Yeah, Joe, I think we need to. Look, at we're at ground zero mm-hmm. right now, and I think we can, uh, and this isn't a stretch, I really mean this, we can show the the country how to do this we had the george floyd horrible uh incident here and we can also show how we're going to rise and we can change this 
and it's not going to be attached to a political party, I'll tell you that. What do you think of the example being made of Kim Potter, who was not allowed to go home for Christmas by Regina Chu, but Regina Chu has since then, she let one criminal out to attend a funeral. He has yet to return. And then she let this uh, fellow out who chased a woman right into a fire station in Minneapolis. She's let him out. Uh, What do you think of the example that's attempted to be uh, made of Kim Potter? The scary thing for police officers is the direction this is going where where, where juries aren't looking at all the facts. Mm -hmm. Here's my concern. When you have a, a special witness on the stand that the state puts on who says, uh, the officers should have let uh, Dante Wright leave. Mm-hmm. There is a court order saying that you You're need to. Dead. Yeah, you had you, to. You need him. to arrest him. Mm-hmm. So the state is saying, you know, they have a witness on the stand saying. Nope, you, you, you knew who he was. You could have let him go. Well, then you're in violation of what the judge is saying. So I want clarification, and I think many cops in the state want clarification from Keith Ellison and the Minnesota Supreme Court. What would you like us to do in that situation? Mm-hmm. Do you want us to follow the law, or do you want us to let people go? Mm-hmm. And I, I truly want clarification from the attorney general and, and the Supreme Court on how officers should handle that from here on out. I think it's just criminal the way she's being treated. She obviously needs to uh, have consequences. But good Lord, they're trying to throw the book at her and get the longest sentence possible. She's never had a complaint in 26 years. She made a horrible mistake. True. We're all in agreement with that. True. But good Lord, she's being treated like she's a threat to the public. Well, we've seen She's not a threat to the public. No, we've seen officers leave. And now it's going to even get worse. Absolutely. And, and for the first time in my career, what I'm seeing, these are family decisions. These are spouses saying, I don't want you going to work no anymore. More. Mm-hmm. This isn't, you know, I, there's officers that have five and seven years on that that should be the prime of your career where they're saying, I'm out. Mm-hmm. So, I don't need to put my family through this. Right. right. Yeah. Uh, Jai, the one thing I really like about you, and we brought it up briefly earlier, is that you're out there in the middle of the night and you're using your uh, social media accounts to call attention to what's going on. And that's kind of the same reason, at least for me anyway, that I love Sheriff Fletcher. Yeah, Bob's doing uh, the same thing. Fletch gets uh, accused of uh, never seeing a camera he doesn't love or loving the spotlight and blah, 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 blah. And these are all criticisms. Uh, but what Fletch does, in my mind, is he's calling attention to what's really good going on on the streets Mm -hmm. he's letting the public know here's what it's like and that's what i like about you up to this point and i would hope if you're elected that you would keep doing that now you don't have to get your own show uh you you don't have to be anything like fletcher but i would love to see you to continue to use the social media platform to highlight what's really going on we need to do that, and I'm happy that he does uh, something like that as far as transparency. We're at a point where we either can fight back or we can just let people say whatever they want to say and push whatever narrative they want to push. And for law enforcement, let's be out there. Let's show what we're actually coming uh, to at 1 o'clock in the morning and what we're seeing. Yeah. Uh, if I'm elected, that transparency will continue the fact that uh, we will be places. And I just want to say this, uh, you know, I, I focus on Minneapolis a lot, but if I don't focus on Minneapolis, 
it will continue to go out to the suburbs. I was just going to say the same thing. People will hammer me on Twitter and say, well, Hennepin County is, is bigger than just Minneapolis. Well, yeah, I get that. Right. But now look at what's going on. And the fact uh, is North Minneapolis has been abandoned by our politicians. Mm-hmm. And uh, when, when you have a 16-minute response time at the best, uh, for a violent crime or something serious, your government has let you down. Mm-hmm. So uh, day one, I'm going to be focused on moving my office to the north side, mm-hmm. and that's something that we need to have a presence there and we need to build. And um, I'm going to champion things for, like, Second Amendment. You know, let's make it easy for people to legally buy guns mm-hmm. and protect themselves. Oh, I had a question, but I like uh, I'd rather segue into into that. And uh, the Reverend has been preaching this for quite a while. And we ended up in a discussion the other day about uh, gun purchases in the black community in L.A. Uh, Reverend, can you just highlight what you've been saying for the past couple years with um, responsible, law-abiding black citizens and gun ownership? Uh, you know. Just- yeah, just just to point that. Well, one of the things, like I said, what what we're working on right now is to teach these young black women uh, what a scrub purchase is. You know, when their boyfriend get out of prison and he wants to seek revenge and he gets her to go out and 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 I talked to you about this guy. Yeah, I'm happy you did. Yeah, right. And and he wants to seek revenge and he gets her to go and buy a firearm for him. Well, he goes out and he commits a murder. There's a body on that gun. And then she gets the case for that. She ends up in jail. She's got two or three kids. Now, grandmother got to raise those kids, right? Mm-hmm. And, and grandma can't raise three kids. We we know that. So out of those three kids, two of them are going to go bad. You I mean, what, it, it, right? I you mean, know what Chris Rock said? If the kid can, calls grandma mom and mom Pam, they, he's going to jail. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you very much. So So what we're trying to do is we're trying to, number one, I'm trying to get some of these here. Uh, uh, women to understand that you cannot buy a gun for your thug boyfriend. Oh, let's call it what it is. What like kind said, of purchase I, did I, you I'm, call I'm, it, Rev? What kind of purchase? Straw, is it? straw, straw purchase. Okay. So a straw purchase. You know what I mean? You you just can't go out and they they go and tell. Can you buy this gun for me? And and all this here. Or she goes out and buys it for him because it's his birthday or whatever that that type of thing. No, we 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 can't have that. Number one. Number two. And I'm also trying to get the, these 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 so-called people who are walking around in these here uh, protests because they they got a gun. That's the newest thing, you know. Everybody want to walk around now with a gun with the yeah. AR-15 across their chest. Yeah, and they don't have no license. They don't they don't they don't have insurance. They don't even know what how how to carry it. They don't know the law in carrying it. So that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to introduce the 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 true two-way rights. In the black community, so we can start understanding this their gun violence. Basically, is what we're trying to do. I want to teach. What I really want to do, I want to have a skeet and shoot um, um, team mm-hmm. at the high school. Mm-hmm. I think that would help a you're, lot. Well, you're pretty close to the country's tallest buildings. Yeah. Uh, you could get away with that maybe up where Kenny is. Yeah. You have a hell of a time getting it here. I think. <laughs> Let me read you an email. It's germane to this topic. Because yesterday we did talk about the story out of Los Angeles, Los Angeles. where yep. you know wealthy people in Beverly Hills are buying up all the guns, and and uh, the contention was made that this is somehow disadvantage uh, this disadvantages the black community. And I got a note 
uh, from. Uh, I can get a gun in an alley, so I ain't worried about it. Right. But anyway, well, Josh writes. Uh, Josh writes. Just a quick comment on yesterday's discussion on the difficulty for minorities to acquire a permit to carry in California. Newsflash: It's difficult for anyone to acquire a permit to carry in California, regardless of race. Between purchasing the firearm, paying for training, range time and ammo, and ponying up an application fee, you can drop $5,000 pretty quickly. Not to mention that as a May-issue state, it's up to local law enforcement to decide whether you actually need to carry a firearm for self-protection. So you can go through the entire process, which generally takes about a year, and still get denied by local law enforcement regardless of race. White guys get denied too. I spent five years in California and was very happy to get out of there and back to the confines of Gumption County. Keep up the good work and thanks for the daily dose of common sense, Josh. So I think he has a great point. It's tough for anyone in California to legally carry a gun. Yeah. Anyone. No, I've, I've got friends in California right now that sit there and say, you know, it's hard for me. Well, I don't to think it's a fire. race issue, is what I'm no, saying. No, it's I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm, I'm long over that. I hope so. You know so. what I mean? I know I'm, you I'm are. long over sitting here saying, oh, because I'm a, you know, black man. They do this here. They do this, and they do. That. I know, <laughs> I, you know, you know, Joe. I don't, I don't, I don't play. I know that. you don't. You're right, uh, Rev. I have a question for you, and I honestly don't know the answer. Where are the thugs and the bad guys getting all the ammo? And I know they're using range ammo. Um, but you know, and I'm one of these dumb dumbs that I've been stockpiling too, and it's all range ammo. But I'm shooting it out the back door of my shop, out in the middle of nowhere, at, at cardboard boxes. Where are these guys getting all the ammo? I want, I want Jai's answer on that. Yeah, because well, I, 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 that, that, I don't I, get I've it. Been, I've been, hey, I've been asking. This, this, this is a needle in a haystack. Nobody, right. no one's talking. They didn't even, they don't, they don't even tell me. Jai, what do you think? Yeah, you know, I, I think that's one of those where we have to do some more yeah? uh, investigation with how they're getting this ammo mm -hmm. it, it, and it, doing it and how they're manipulating these guns. Yeah, because it's know, hard the, to get. All these people that have these, you know, ring doorbells now, mm -hmm. I mean, you can you can listen to what's going on in these communities, and uh, it's pretty astonishing mm -hmm. what's, what's happening. Yeah. And now it's being documented, mm -hmm. and people are actually realizing it. No, he, he's he's right. You can't you can't even go you can't even go to a gun store. To yeah, I, I to go down to the, right go down to the hardware store and they've got eight boxes on the shelf and he says you can buy one. And it's like okay, oh, all right, I buy one and I put it on the shelf at home. You know, um, I want your opinion, both of you guys, on this one because this is something that surfaced in my timeline on social media, and I know Joe loves it when I bring up stuff from social media. <laughs> um, but I'm wondering what the validity is to it, and we have the perfect people here to help explain this, Joe. Um, Hennepin County Jail is now refusing to book and hold suspects that only have warrants outside of Hennepin County. Normally, suspects would be booked and held for transport to the county where they warrant exists. Now, unless another jail will take them, they will be freed. Is there any truth to that rumor? There is truth, and how is that making it safer, right? Or, you Honest know, to we, God. We had a, our current sheriff has said uh, another thing. He's not going to work with ICE. For you right. know, and he removed the ICE office from the jail. There was never an ICE office in the jail. Mm -hmm. You need to work with our federal partners to get things done. Mm -hmm. And I think the most humane way of doing that is working with them to get the the violent criminals accounted for off the street. And, and yeah. we're not talking about ignoring them. So then they go into the community and do raids or wait outside courtrooms to arrest people. That is not the humane way of handling this. And you can't just ignore uh, 
uh, you know, agency like that. Yeah, the sheriff removing ice was purely politically motivated. It's it's as ridiculous as uh, the Minneapolis Park Police not wanting to work with Minneapolis police. It's like correct, you, you know, stop it, work together. Well, what based on what Tim said ten minutes ago, I had no idea that uh, Hutchinson was that stridently obedient to the DFL party. Oh, yeah. He's endorsed by Omar. He's endorsed by Jeremiah Ellison. He's endorsed by. I take it you're not going to get Omar's endorsement. Omar, probably not. I will not be seeking that one. Well, Joe, you're making the mistake that she would actually pay attention to something going on here in the Twin Cities. I like that. I like exactly what he just said. Okay. Don't don't compliment. Don't don't compliment. Okay. Never compliment Chris. Jai, we talked a bit about Minneapolis. Do you have any idea what should we do about the 38th in Chicago George Floyd Square um, deal where all, all, it seems like a refuge for the bad guys and the Minneapolis police don't go in there do you have any passing thoughts on that situation well I can I can say right now you know oh we're gonna open it up which I think we need to open it up but here's why I'm not saying that as a you know oh we're just gonna bully our way through there this is why I say this I talked to somebody not too long ago who lives by 38th in Chicago, and you can hear in his voice, his voice shaking as he talks about who is going to protect him, his family, his house, his, you know, he's left alone there. I mean, he sees these crimes, these uh, drug dealers, the gang members, and he's asking me, please have somebody help us. I, I own a house here. I have a 10-year-old daughter. What what do I need to do? I shouldn't be staying up at night making sure my family is safe. Mm-hmm. And this is why we need to do it. I'm not talking about being a bully, but I'm saying the trauma that we have continuously gone through needs to end. Here, here, Mike. We couldn't agree with you more. I'm glad you mentioned this part earlier, too, because, yeah, people might look at it, it's just Minneapolis or it's just Hennepin County, but you're already seeing this play out in that first ring of suburbs. We had the carjacking in Edina with the woman, and Reverend called it. He said, oh, people aren't going to wake up until it happens to a white woman in the in the suburbs. Uh, and he was 100% right. But once you see this light rail open up to Eden Prairie, <laughs> good luck to you, because that's that's the next stop then. Not if you have a change in leadership with the likes of Jai and I agree, Kendall but, but, but I'm, what I'm saying, Joe, is this is just going to keep flooding outward before before it gets resolved. Yeah, so, and I'm so sick of hearing this is a national trend. I, I understand it's a national trend, but this is what's happening in our community, mm-hmm. and this is how we need to fix it. It doesn't make it okay because it's a national trend. Good that, point. That's right. And and then you, you look at everything everything that's going on, and the only thing that the mayor can do is put together a task force of people who— I mean, I don't understand how you're going to put together a task force of people who literally want the police department dismantled. Right. Um, I, I've been through—I I remember the first task force I ever heard about was Mayor Sales Belton. She put together a task force. And there's been task forces year after year after year after year. Task force doesn't work. What works is you get four or five people in a room. Those people are on the same accord. And then you start making things happen. My, I, I, I've been so busy trying to get COVID tests over in North Minneapolis for some of the elderly people who can't go. That's what I've been doing. 
uh, I didn't wait for the governor to put together a task force right. to see if they can get COVID tests over in North Minneapolis. I went out and got it. So yep. Thursday, Friday of next week, we will be doing COVID tests in my church for the elderly people over there. That's what I'm talking about. See, we sit around and we wait for them to make things happen. And then they got to put together a task force and then they got to do a study instead yeah. of just going and yeah. doing it and yeah. getting it done. I'm tired of waiting for these people. Yep. To do this stuff. And and so with that George Floyd Square area over there, no, I would have never paid terrorists to keep it safe. I would have, I would have, the, 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 the guards would have came in and they would have tore that down. And I would have left my guards over there to, to secure that, that area for those people. Those people over there are law abiding citizens that are letting a group terrorize their area. And then the, the mayor does nothing about it. So, no, that area would have been cleaned up. I'd, I'd clean it up. Do you done. think, though, now that the city council has new leadership, that'll happen, Rev? Well, you know, let's, let, let, let's, you look, know. Let's, let's, look at, let's look at it this way. <laughs> we, we've, got, we, we've got one that snuck in yeah. who decides to sit here and say that uh, if you're an immigrant, you don't have to be a, a, uh, a resident and you get to vote. That's what we're dealing with. So he has to go. I'm, I'm glad he showed his face early. So there's two, two other ones that's got to go before that, that city council starts really making a difference. I don't care what Fry say. Fry can't make no difference. That city council is what does it. He, he walks at the beat of that city council. And as long as we got radicals on that city council, it's not going to get done right now. We still got a couple. The, the, my main goal was to get Philippe Cunningham off of there. That's what happened. Mm-hmm. That was my main goal. I don't care what I don't care what else happened on that city council. I almost got Ellison gone, but Ellison played a trick on me. And and anyway, Philippe Cunningham is gone. So there's a couple Replaced more. Replaced by Vita. Yep. I told you. Did, did I tell yes, you she, she was good? Right. She's really right, great. I just want to make sure. Now. Hold now, on. Now. Hold <laughs> on. Hold on. Now. So so I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna work and deal with people who who are not about making a difference and making things happen, making things right. Jai is that guy. So I, I'm not I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna run with 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 with, with certain people. But let me read you both a letter that plays into just what you just said. It's in today's Star Tribune. Regarding the recent crime surge, Ramsey County Attorney John Choi had this to say. What we really need to start doing is working together to understand the complexity of the problem. I have a question for you, Choi. When you stand at the edge of your driveway after a snowfall and you're holding a shovel, do you work to understand the complexity of the problem or do you start digging? Resolving this crime surge is not complex. Bad people do bad things. Police arrest them. You prosecute them to the full extent of the law so that judges can put them in jail where they, and this is the most important part, can't commit more crimes. Do your job, Mr. Choi, Ryan Sheehan, and Roseville. But it was like you saying... You don't need another task force. No. You stand there at the end of your driveway with a foot of snow, you're going to start mm-hmm. to start shoveling. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's that simple. We, we're at a point that we all see what happened. I mean, the Democrats, Fry, Walls, let this city burn. Then they let the, the terrorists come in and do what they're doing now. Then they let the criminal just run muck, run wild. And then, because like I said before, if, if you understand the streets— this is what you knew about the streets. You didn't touch certain parts of the area. 
You didn't touch Theodore Worth, and you didn't touch Kenwood. That was the sh- that, that that's the law of the streets mm-hmm. because there are white people there, mm-hmm. and you don't make the white people mad, or the cops will come after you. The problem is now these young oh, these wow. these young boys mm-hmm. they don't care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's what people don't understand. They don't care. No. They'll go out in Edina, or the Richie part of Edina. At a lunch in Byerly's. Right. Hill in St. Paul. Mm-hmm. Y- yes, sir. But, and, smack but, some up, and smack somebody up on side the head and not even care if they get caught. They had a 13-year-old boy running down the street the other day after they stole somebody's car. They, you, and, and until, until you know, the, the, the so-called suburb mayors understand this, you're not going to solve this. You you have to understand who you are dealing with. They've never seen nothing like this. Mm-hmm. So I don't care how many letters they put out. They can put as many letters as they want. Until they go over there and get Mr. Mayor in Minneapolis mm-hmm. and sit him down and they all of them stand at a table and point their finger at him and say, you need to get yourself in action. Mm-hmm. Nothing's going to, as long as he's sitting on the sidelines. Nothing's going to happen. And NASCAR Kelly said hi. Just uh, oh, hi. <laughs> uh, but Re- Reverend, I just want to weigh in. I think what happens on, the, I don't know, pick a corner Broadway in Lindale is just as important as what happens on Kenwood Parkway. Yes, sir. Uh, and I, th- I want to see the crime stop everywhere. Uh, starting with the north side. As long as the crime stays in one area. Thank you much. As long as the crime stays in one area. Because they know what the drug dealers are. They but know that's, what the drugs not, are. That's not good enough for me. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want that's, crime on the north side. I know, but that's just that's, it's been this way. I got here in 1990, and it's been this way for, for, that, for that long. And, and no Who's matter, running for sheriff here, you or Jai? <laughs> <laughs> you know, Rep, Man, you we, did, got, we got to get him to run to, for something. I, <laughs> but, I want to go oh, back oh, to that's something that's you said earlier, Jai. I've never heard it referred to that way. You described the third precinct as a trophy. Yeah. And you have to remember what Fry said about that when it burned. Brick and mortar. Just brick and mortar. So the, why isn't it gone? You raise a great point. Why is that standing? Why the people that live over there that drive past that? First of all, when that when that precinct was built, it was it was really nice. Right. And I think that I'm community very was very, very happy with it, and it was something that was easily accessible to the citizens. And and now looking at it, driving past again, you have businesses that have rebuilt already. Mm-hmm. Why is that still standing? That's a great question. With barbed wire, barricades, boarded up windows. Why for, you want to talk about trauma? Right. Think about that. Right. That needs to be taken down. And whether if it's just an empty lot or you want to put flowers there or whatever, but it needs to be taken down. You think that would that would uh, pass in, on Summit Avenue in St. Paul? No. Yeah. No. So it, it's it's one of those that uh, to me frustrates me that mm-hmm. that's still standing. Mm-hmm. I agree. You know, we had a story the other day that we brought up on the show, Rev, because you you just reminded me of it. The, uh, the carjacking with the kid inside. Mm-hmm. And I had made the reference point that didn't there used to be a code? Mm-hmm. You know, if, 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 a, if a young kid b- broke into a car to steal it but saw a kid, he probably thought, That's I better right. go on to the next one. That's Did right. that used to exist? Yeah, yeah. There, there, there was that, that street code. Street code says don't cause attention. Go ahead and rob and steal, but just don't cause certain attention. That's going to get the police up and up upset. Mm-hmm. Then what and, happened? What happened, Jai? What happened? These kids now, well, they don't care if there's a baby in the car. Nobody is That's being right. held accountable. There you are. You know, when I when I was going to college in Chicago, we 
uh, our campus was about a mile away from the their light rail system, the L. And it was street code. You don't mess with college students. Mm-hmm. You just don't do it, mm-hmm. and the cops leave you alone. Mm-hmm. Well, now you're seeing here, there's there's no ramifications there's no for it. No, there's nothing. Oh. And you know what? I don't think uh, to the to the victims that are unloading their groceries into their house and they get a gun put in their face. Mm-hmm. I don't think they sit back and go, man, I wonder why that person did it. Mm-hmm. I think they feel like, no, that person needs to go to jail. Right, right. An 85-year-old grandmother leaving Aldi. You yeah. know, the other day we saw that. They, it was, what, three kids that, that, that beat her up? Yeah, yeah, but then when we highlight it, then, then I'm accused of fear-mongering. Ugh. This is actually going on. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. And this is why I'm running, uh, you know, the, the trauma of this all that uh, we can't just keep on hiding and say, no, no, this isn't happening. It's happening. It's and it's happening. getting worse. It's getting worse. Well, we wish you the best of luck. Thank you. And, Thank you for having hope me we can on. Talk, uh, hope we can talk frequently. Absolutely. Uh, uh, but we have to overcome the terrible garage logic jinx of... Uh, we're going to do better in 2022. We're going to survive That's right. this. I <laughs> hope I can survive. help with that. <laughs> Thank well, you. Thank you both. Yeah. Thank you yes, very sir. much. Thank, Thank you, you both for coming in and... Uh, Best of luck to uh, Jai Hansen. What is what's the website? Yeah, so you can follow me on social media. It's Jai for Sheriff. So J A I the number four mm-hmm. Sheriff mm-hmm. on social media, and uh, that's also my website, all JaiForSheriff.com. Right. And I'll tag all of those accounts on the GL post yeah, for thank today's you. show. It. Absolutely, right. thank Absolutely. you. The 31st annual 2022 Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show returns to the Minneapolis Convention Center Friday, February 18th through Sunday, Feb 20. Grab your foursome. Get ready for your first round of 2022. See all the Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show has to offer, including great deals on drivers, irons, putters, and accessories. Nab great deals on the best golf apparel around. This is where I get my golf gloves every year. Take advantage of special offers from your favorite courses and destination golf resort vacations while you're there. Plus, take lessons from the pros and be ready to own your golf game in 2022. And as an added bonus, yes, Garage Logic will broadcast live from 11:30 a.m. to 1 p.m. on Friday, Feb 18. Tickets are now on sale for just $12. Compliments of TwinCitiesGolf.com. Each ticket purchase includes 10 free greens free passes and three bonus passes if you purchase online. Find all show details at MinnesotaGolfShow.com. Presented by Choice Bank, your select Minnesota Buick, GMC dealers, Nelson Marine, and Second Swing. This guy wears many hats. Why? Why? Just not Why? yours. What? Joe Sushu. I thought you liked this one. Are you choosing? You're choosing from the same six. I want you to find that song <laughs> that Dylan did for his buddy that sounds like soul music that I love so much. I'll bring it tomorrow because Johnny will be back on the show tomorrow. Everybody know. Well, I guess everybody doesn't know, but a uh, listener, a GL or a friend of ours for many, many years, Victor. So he's a giant pain in the ass, uh, <laughs> and that is why I love him so much. I got something from Vic today. Yeah, yeah, he's just always on us. And so if you see me um, talking with uh, Vic uh, on social media, it's usually pretty mean. We go after each other, but I really love him, and he's got a great. He made a great point today about uh, seafoam he's got a 20 year old semi it's a uh, and anybody knows these 20 year old semis a lot different than the brand new ones and they have a hard time starting in the cold weather below zero he tried it for a couple of days couldn't get it to fire off so he went to the local knack hardware he bought number one a generator and then he bought some seafoam so he gets the generator home puts some fresh gas in it puts some seafoam in it fires it up uses the generator 
to uh, warm up the semi, puts the seafoam in the semi. Wouldn't you know it, 10 below zero. A couple of hours later, that semi engine was warmed up, full of air. Everything's wonderful, and seafoam did it again uh, with diesel and an old crap can semi that, Vic, you need to trade in and get a new one. Anyway, I bet you there's a million miles on that semi. Anyway, it doesn't matter if you've got a vehicle with 100 miles or Vic semi with a million miles. Uh, Seafoam is the answer. Truly a wonderful, wonderful product in a world of bad gas. And, Vic, I love you, buddy. Stephen C. Anderson, the world's greatest piano player. Yeah. He wants to come in again and jam with John. Okay. He and some partners just bought a marina and a dock company, and his closing line was, yes, of course, we stock Seafoam. Oh, nice. Fantastic. Nice. Do you know how bad, because you have to have a response here. How bad is it? The revolving door (laughs) for criminals is so bad. How how bad bad is is it? it? A Baltimore man who pled guilty to torching his ex-girlfriend's home said he was shocked by a plea deal he received, saying it sends the wrong message to criminals. You have (laughs) got to be kidding. It's gotten that bad where the criminal said, you shouldn't even be letting me out. Here's what he did. He did. He was sitting in court, and he he goes, hold up. Wait, a, Wait minute. a minute. Something <laughs> ain't right. You're letting me out? <laughs> I was just charged with 18 different counts. That was dropped to 10, and then that was dropped to 1. I shouldn't be out right now. I disrupted somebody's life. I traumatized somebody because of how I felt in a situation. Luther Trent said, according to WBF. FTV in Baltimore. Personally, yes, I want to be out, but principally, I shouldn't be out because I could have done a lot more damage than I did. I was expecting to get time. People who were in that situation, they should expect to get time. Trent pleaded guilty to one count of first-degree arson after setting his ex-girlfriend's house on fire while she and her two roommates were inside in May of last year. He was released from jail after serving fewer than six months due to a plea deal from the Baltimore City State's Attorney's Office. Trent said he was originally charged with 18 felonies, including three attempted murder charges, but pled down to one arson charge. He was given a 10-year suspended sentence. It's so bad that he's saying, you people were crazy to let me out. Honest to God. I went to, the, uh, I went to the side of the house and poured gasoline on the side of the house. Trent said, the love of my life is in Baltimore. I know where she lives, and I can't even talk to her, can't say anything to her. In my head, it was some kind of Romeo and Juliet deal. If I can't have you, no one else can have you, at least in Baltimore. Oh. Trent oh. said his plea deal most definitely sends the wrong message to criminals in Baltimore. <laughs> That tells anybody that I can go shoot somebody or I can attempt to shoot somebody and I'll be completely free, he said. It would empower me because I would be like, okay, this man just shot somebody, just blew his head off, and he's out walking free. I can do anything I want. I can rob somebody. I can shoot somebody. I can do anything I want. His ex-girlfriend, identified only as Alexis, said she was also shocked by the deal. I was in shock. I didn't really know what to feel. Alexis told WBFF last month. It doesn't seem like justice was served. It feels like a political game, but not justice. Isn't this something? Former prosecutor Roya Hanna, who was looking to unseat city state's attorney Marilyn Mosby, said these pleas embolden the criminal. It's a plea like these that embolden the criminal. It is pleas like these that destroy the city of Baltimore, Hannah said. On behalf of Alexis, I'm calling on the state's attorney's office to apologize to Alexis. Uh, 
it demonizing victims. It sends the wrong message to those considering coming forward. Thuro Virgara, a former city and federal prosecutor, added, to have that message sent uh, that what? The prosecutors are overwhelmed. They can't take these cases seriously. We have to do better. Baltimore has struggled with an increase in crimes in recent years. In 2021, the city notched its seventh consecutive year for surpassing 300 homicides. There were 337 homicides and 726 shootings, according to Baltimore police. That's up from 335 homicides in 2020. Just amazing. Okay. It's just amazing. We laughed at it and had some fun with it, and you used a word I really hate, but it really drives it home. It empowers criminals Mm -hmm. is uh, kind of the, I'll paraphrase there. How is that any different from the guy that just drove into the fire department trying to kill uh, his significant other and then doing damage to the firefighters, the building, and then uh, it took six of them to wrestle him down. It took six jailers to get him out of the car once at the jail. How? And then he waltzed out of there. Totally, it's completely not, it's a, it's empowered. Same thing. Same thing. Same thing. Same thing. He now knows he can get away with that. Are mm-hmm. we to think that this uh, fellow... Uh, Luther Trent is a little bit off his rocker. I mean, he's been—he was very candid here, saying, "Look, uh, yeah, what you're right. What is that? I got a Romeo and Juliet thing going here, and if I can't have her, nobody else can." Which suggests to me that he's either had a uh, come to Jesus meeting with himself uh, and realized that it was foolish the way he behaved and foolish to be released, or he's just wacky. Well, or yeah, is or it a case? Oh, go ahead, Kenny. Sorry. Maybe he's back, and I'm not saying this is a joke. Maybe he's back on his medicine. You know. Yeah. Oh, good point. You know. Well, what well, I was thinking, what's that? Um, what's the? Is, is it a syndrome? What's it called when? Maybe he had nowhere else to go, meaning jail was probably his best option. I don't sense that. He said, "I'm I'm glad to be out, but I shouldn't be." Okay. <laughs> This sends the wrong message to the criminals of Baltimore. He's absolutely right in everything he says. But it's shocking to have it come from him. Yeah. Yeah. We live in strange times. When you were reading that, it almost felt like it was from the Babylon Bee or the Onion. You know what? Back, I don't mean to change the subject, but I really expected to get an answer out of the Reverend Tim and Jai about where the bad guys are getting the ammo. Yeah, they don't seem to know, do they? Because they're they're spraying it everywhere and shooting it like they have an endless supply. Or maybe they do know and they're not wanting the public to have that information. Would that be the case? I would, I would hope he would say that. Oh, true. Yeah, you're I, right. I know, but I'm not saying. Yep. Because it's not, a... you can't buy it in bulk, Joe. You can buy a box here and a box there if you're at the right place at the right time. I know anyway. a guy who was recently in Fargo, and he found all he wanted and could buy as much as he wanted. Yeah, it is getting better. Maybe that's what they're doing. Hmm. They're going to outstate uh, gun shops because I know of a few places, but uh, I'll be damned if I'm saying anything. That Jai Hansen has had an interesting life, well, an Indian kid named Jai Hansen. <laughs> And just Norwegian Adopted enough by was a Minnesota that family. Yeah. And just Norwegian enough to be a Hanson. That's right. <laughs> that was great. He's got a real head on his shoulders, so I like the way he thinks. Oh, he's a sharp guy. Yeah. So was Kendall. They, they were two great guests. Yeah. Uh, Tim uh, writes, what does the mayor have in common with a semiconductor plant? What oh, do so I have in common see. with Chip, a semiconductor plant? Chip shortage? Plant? Hard, no. Uh, 
Hard to come by. Uh, You're a pain in the ass to get. Um, <laughs> they both abhor earthquakes. Huh? What? A chip factory cannot shake, not even a microscopic amount, according to industry expert Glenn O'Donnell. We're, we're going back to our chip shortage dilemma. New factories are set deep into the bedrock to keep them still. Even a 0.5 Richter shake can ruin an entire crop of chips, really? potentially costing millions. Here are three other factors that add to the cost and time factor for bringing new chip plants online. Number one, a single plant can cycle through millions of gallons of water a day. Each chip needs to be rinsed with gallons of ultra-pure water to remove debris, ions, particles, silica, etc., from the manufacturing process. Over a series of steps, semiconductors are built in layers on silicon wafers into integrated circuits. After each one of the several dozen layers of a semiconductor are added to the silicon wafer, it must be rinsed. These multiple rinsings use up to 2,000 gallons of water per chip. Wow. Fortunately, modern plants are designed to recycle and reuse the water. O'Donnell said that's a bit like swimming pool in an enclosed building. You need a lot to fill it, but you don't have to add much water to keep it going. Number two, hmm. semi-plants consume a huge amount of electricity. A chip foundry uses as much power as a large steel plant. And number three, a favorite political and tax, a favorable political and tax env and tax environment. It's no coincidence that the new Intel plants and the Taiwan semiconductor plants are all being built in Arizona rather than California. Other major chip companies already in Arizona include On Semiconductor, NXP Semiconductor, and Microchip. NXP Semiconductor specializes in the chips that go into our cars. Wow. Question for Chris. Yeah. Uh, I, I have no idea what, what he just said. Do you? Kind of, but I was reading and I, wa I wanted to look up the earthquake uh, f facet of the story because I'm thinking, how do you how do you build a building that's earthquake proof? Because Intel... Sink it into the bedrock. I know, but Intel, I remember Johnny doing this story. This was from... I believe Intel is using your money to build that plant. Yes, they the are, Joe. Uh, yeah. Back in June... They're building a twenty billion, or they're they're spending twenty billion on two new chip plants in Arizona. Well, this just in: isn't Arizona a little bit susceptible to earthquakes? Uh, yeah, not as bad as California. <laughs> Thanks. I got it. I got it. Hot off the press. Uh, I gotta do yeah. <laughs> uh, but other than that, Kenny, no, I I, I didn't really. Yeah, I, I, I didn't zoned really, out immediately. I thought really we were going to any of that. Get a few guffaws there, and maybe a belly jiggler, and Wouldn't, we got uh, we got the history of uh, Kingsford Charcoal. At the risk of uh, <laughs> at the risk of uh, coins going into the scan bucket, okay? Yeah. Wouldn't this part of the country being be an ideal place for a a chip we, plant? Well, do you think Minnesota has the tax environment to lure a chip company here that would require billions of dollars to build? Yeah, that's, that's a good. I one. think we've had a few minor shakers, but we should ask Stacy; she would know better. Every place is you can have you you can get them. Yeah. You can you can get them anywhere. Sure, yeah. you know that's it. Yeah, I didn't really think. Of, well, then then you South can, Dakota would probably you, be a better option than Minnesota because of the them. tax issues. Only because they come to us all the way from Marloth Park in Mumpumalanga, South Africa, from the ta from the traveling Lymans. On this day, today, what is it? <sighs> January twelfth, sir. Uh, the twelfth, eighteen sixteen. Willis A. Gorman is born in 
Flemingsburg, Kentucky, he would be appointed second territorial governor of Minnesota in 1853 and would later serve in the legislature and command the 1st Minnesota Volunteer Regiment in the Civil War and be St. Paul's city attorney from 1869 until his death on May 20, 1876. On this day, in 1840, Governor James D. Doty of Wisconsin Territory, which included part of the future state of Minnesota, writes to the U.S. Secretary of War protesting an extension of Fort Snelling Military Reservation and asking how the federal government can take land by the simple declaration that it is necessary for military purposes and without consent of the territorial legislature. The protest is in vain, and military authorities eventually expelled squatters living in the Ford area, causing many of them to move to the site that will become St. Paul. On this day, January 12th, in 1876, the Minnesota Forestry Association is formed to work for the passage of conservation laws to protect the state's forests. At one time, boasting 10,000 members, the association would prove so successful that state agencies and civic groups would take on its activities, and in 1948, the group would vote itself out of existence. On this day in 1888... Wow, busy day. Oh, boy, a major blizzard struck the state, hitting western Minnesota especially hard and causing the deaths of between 100 and 150 people, many of them kids on their way home from school. Oh, Oh. I wonder if that was due to that their global warming day. Yeah, well, you got your claim, uh, I've got a message. Not done. Oh. On this day, this is the final on this day, 1913. I think this is very notable. Alexander T. Heine flies the first airplane over Minneapolis. (laughs) He said Heine. (laughs) Well, it's spelled H E I N E. How would you say it? No, it's Heine's. Heine? It's just funny. Yeah. He said Heine. But. Yeah. uh, Special message for Tom Lyman. Thank you for the piece about Hollywood's new rules. I read that. Isn't that something? Wasn't that fascinating? Yeah. Yeah, the woke crowd is uh, pretty much destroying uh, Hollywood. Right, right. Did you guys know, by the way, that the Golden Globes were not televised this year? Right. Last Sunday? Just for my own amusement, I rewatched Ricky Gervais introducing last year's Home uh, uh, Globes. It's just. Well, it's from a few years ago. Whatever. It was just. They are so scared of him. He will never host another. No, he said that on this. on this video, he said, "This will be my last." Yeah. yeah. Don't yeah. get up here and lecture the American public. Yeah. It was yeah. the best line of that yeah. whole thing. You've all yeah. arrived here in limousines. So did I. And the license plate was made by, you know, Felicity Huffman, yeah, right. whoever got put in jail for the college scam. Yeah, yeah. right. That was pretty good. <laughs> God bless you, Ricky Gervais. And then they looked at the the camera pan these fools, and they Sour all didn't puss. know what yeah. to do. Yeah. yeah. What is yeah. he doing up yeah. there? He's not following along no, with the rules. He's not being one of us. <laughs> Thank you, GLers. Thank you, Kendall Qualls, and thank you, Jai Hansen. With the assist from Reverend With Tim. With the Reverend Christer. Tim on board. Yes. GLers, do us a favor. We will be providing both of those interviews on our Garage Logic YouTube page. And if you could do us a favor and join the thousands of GLers and hit that subscribe button to our channel, we'd greatly appreciate it. And don't forget to also follow us along on all of our social media platforms oh, Facebook, I got Twitter. What? And what Instagram. do you got? I watched it Red Oaks. I watched the first three episodes. Yeah, I, I finished it yesterday. I just love it. Uh, just love it. I might give it a few more. Stay with it. Stay I might with give it. it a few more. Stay with yeah. it. All right.